come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my work. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman and welcome to Beyond the Kevin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I'm your polter guide, Kinsey. I'm your polter guide, Donna. I'm your polter guide, Adrian. Polter guide, Debbie, went... She went for a swim. Yeah, but she's fine. It's fine. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, she was going, what was it, Amity? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this week we watched, well, the film that um, created the term blockbuster, Jaws. Uh, by a little little unknown director named Steven Spielberg. You know, you guys might have seen something he's done a time or two. I don't know. He's, he's I don't know. You might not have heard of him. I mean, he's like super indie. Like he's, super he's, indie. He's real niche. Yeah, like you, certain. So I guess uh, let's go around. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Had you seen this before? Man, this is a good movie. This is such a good movie. Yes, I like it. Whoa, it's good. Most telling, though, more than what I think of it, is generally when I'm like, I'm going to go watch this movie for our horror movie podcast. My dad wants nothing to do with it. And there was a point, it was when they were shooting the barrels into the shark. There was there was a point when I turned around and dad was standing over my shoulder just watching. And I was wearing headphones, so he didn't even have sound. So my dad just stood there and watched the movie over my shoulder for a while. So, yes, love this movie. I don't know how many times I've seen it. Good movie. Adrian? I've seen this movie a lot. It's kind of a difficult one for me to say if I like it or not. I'm a little bit, uh, what's the word, thacilophobic? So it, it pushes your buttons. Yeah. Uh, I have a, particularly the scenes where you can like see Jaws swimming under the water. The blood in the water is a big one. And I don't know, just something about the stabbing of the shark really, really upsets me, like in a visceral way that I can't entirely quantify or figure out. So watching this movie is never like a particularly enjoyable experience for me. I don't really like any moment of it, but I can acknowledge that it's a really good movie. Do you want to define thalassophobic for our listeners real quick? Uh, Fear of the ocean. Yeah, it freaks me out. Like I can't. Uh, I can't do ocean levels in video games. It's, whew, I, I don't like it. <laughs> you, you do know what we're doing next time, right? Mm-mm. What, what, are we, what are we doing next time? Deep Blue Sea? Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> we decided, you know, it was Shark Week, so we'll supersize it and do Shark Month. I watched most of this movie on my phone. Because I was like, I don't need it as big as my monitor or even my iPad. I'm just, I'm going to watch it on my phone while, while I make coffee and, and play Final Fantasy. Okay. Kinsey? I love this film. I've seen it multiple times. Uh, funny story. I had actually not seen the original Jaws until I was 18. Like, I had seen all of the sequels. Like, I, I have vague memories of two and three. Uh, watch for a shit ton, which nobody should watch for a shit ton. Let's just, let's, let's just get that out there. But actually seeing the original, like, sitting down and watching it, I was, like, 18. And, yeah, fantastic. I love it, and it's always fun to me. 
Can I tell you a, a quick funny story about watching three? Always. I did not know that the third movie was a 3D movie. And I watched it on my TV at home. And if you don't know that it's supposed to be a 3D movie, that's a weird ass movie. There's some really weird shots that just like, why, why are you doing this long, slow shot of the shark just moving through the water? And then I found out it was supposed to be 3D and I was like, oh, <laughs> that explains the weirdness. It was not a good movie. Yeah. Friday the 13th 3D does that too. Like there's some just weird shots like, oh yeah, this is supposed to be, yeah, it does the same thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you that one. I feel that one. I think the My Bloody Valentine remake with um, Dean Winchester, Jensen Ackles, that's his name. That one was 3D, right? And I remember watching it in yeah. the theater and being like, Man, what do people do when they're watching this at home? They spend a lot of time going, what? <laughs> uh, for those of you that don't know what Jaws is about, our good, good buddies at IMDb have, oh man, like this is an 11 and I'm going to read it as an 11. Listen, I don't care what it says. What it is, it's a cautionary tale about Governor DeSantis down in Florida not wanting to close the beaches because of a little pandemic and what happens? It bites you in the ass. It bites you in the ass. Close the beaches. <laughs> Close the fucking beaches. So you're not wrong. I'm going to say you're not wrong at all, but I'm going to read you what IMDb says, and I'm going to do it. Oh, man. When a killer shark unleashes chaos on a beach community, it's up to a local sheriff, a marine biologist, and an old seafarer to hunt the beast down. It needed that, that voice, Kenzie. It needed that voice. I, I felt it did, too. You, you went with your gut, and it was the right call. All right, so let's let's get into it. Spoilers. So, oh, yeah, all the spoilers from a 1975 film. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite things, I looked up the pretty blonde kid um, from the very beginning of the movie. and um, he's With the bad been, hair? With the, well, for 1975, that was primo hair. How that was though? amazing like, hair in 1975. Oh, oh it's so... <laughs> horrifyingly breathtakingly bad adrian was so offended by that hair that it broke her mic <laughs> i dude i i i full-on like stopped everything i was doing to look at that boy's hair and like paused the movie and had a whole sit and think about 1970s hair and how fucking horrible it was and how did they not know at the time that it was bad so anyway the pretty boy he's never been in another movie but he did go into production and he ended up being a production assistant for spielberg on war of the world oh okay so that's I thought awesome that was yeah production assistant it may have been a may have been something more no it was something more elevated than production assistant i'm sorry dude whose name i have forgotten that i pretty blonde missed. with terrible hair that I that I misattributed your title. It was better than production assistant. I hope you have better hair now. <laughs> I I love though that he was so drunk that not only could he not only did he say he was so drunk he saved his life. Not only was he so drunk that he couldn't get undressed um, in time, but so drunk he didn't even remember what happened. Uh, he was so drunk he didn't hear her screaming. That was drunk tired. Like that is a, yeah. that's, 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 I think that'd be blackout. I think that's how, that's the level of drunk he was. 
And I, I have to believe that Chrissy's last thought was, boy, did I pick the wrong dude. <laughs> or did I pick the wrong night to go swimming in the dark? Well, that, that too. But any other dude might have beat me into the water and then I'd be watching them get it while I was swimming to live. That's not what happened. That was not what happened. Um, I did. I did read. There's. There's been a common story that her screams of pain were genuine because the mechanism broke her ribs, um, and apparently that's not true. The actress herself has said, "Nah, man, that wasn't true." Good. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and I know that one of the things that I think helps this film is the. And I'm kind of jumping a little bit ahead. Is the mechanical problems of Bruce the shark? Yeah. Be- because they had to get super creative on when they could and couldn't show him and use that. And I think I'm always a fan, like of the big monsters like this. Less is more. Like mm-hmm. we're we're almost literally halfway that you get the first shot of Jaws. Like he is like it's like a, it's an hour and a, and a minute in something like that. Like almost and- dead dead even and i love and it it's so brilliant and the way brody just yeah backs oh. away by the way because we talked an episode ago about how i react to adrian looking over my shoulder and going what the fuck what brody did is my reaction it's the, like whoop okay that, we that are <laughs> an immediate just like head pop up and just back away slowly like oh man like there's some physicality that uh that Roy Schneider does in this film, like, I don't know, like it's, it's different and it works like that right there, that, mm-hmm. that pop up, you know, Oh, mm-hmm. it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah. But it's one of the things that makes this movie so amazing is because famously Bruce, the shark didn't work. I mean, that that's one of the things this movie is famous for is that the shark didn't work. And so here's these actors and interacting with this malfunctioning hydraulic half shark head. And it's so believable and real. It's a really good movie. Yeah. I got to talk about the mayor's jackets, everybody. Because <laughs> I love them. They're awful. His jackets are the best. His jackets, his jackets, like, like the man doesn't even need to act. He just needs to walk on screen in one of his jackets and go, here I am. Obviously, I am not capable of making decisions, but I'm in a power of authority. That's what this jacket says to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah get- the, the costume designer deserves all the accolades for that guy. Mm-hmm. The, one, the one with the little anchors on it. <laughs> that one's fantastic. I like, though, his, I like his first one that's the rainbow one with all the different colors because it also, like, he had, like, like, very light pants as well, so it all, like it all worked but it shouldn't have worked but it all was like it was nicely coordinated and it was very hard to take his threats to brody on uh, the little barge seriously like yeah, if you want to be uh want to keep being sheriff you know it was it was hard for me to take that threat seriously it's like you're you're in a rainbow jacket whatever yeah. you're you're in pastels it's not even a rainbow jacket it's pastels you're in pastels dude i am i'm having a hard time being intimidated by you and for this movie also surprises me the level of blood you see in the water like it is a lot that's a lot of fucking blood like that first the first attack of the kittener boy you know when you see the you know the blood and all of that in the water i'm like whoa that is a lot of that is a lot of blood i understand it's 75 and it's fine but Mm -hmm. I don't know if the human body, especially the human child body, can hold that much blood that we saw. 
Well, Trivia. the average human body holds what, six liters? You basically have 10% of your body weight is blood. Okay. And then you can safely lose 10% of that. Okay. So yeah, it's it's a lot of blood. So the Kinder Boy was probably 80 pounds? Maybe. Mm. Maybe. It would be 40, 36 kilograms. So he had, um, so 3.6 kilograms of his body was blood. So, um, so 3.6 Oh boy, am I am I failing on my metric conversion? So that'd be three point six liters. Why are you converting to metric? Oh, because I said liters. Because because medicine. Sure. Because this is Doctor um, Donna's uh, doctor corner. So yeah, three point six liters of blood in in probably the Kittner boy. I don't know. Concentrated in one place, maybe. Okay, so all right. It just looked like a lot, and I. That's another shot that I love is that that dolly zoom that they do in on Brody. Like, man, like that is just like he is he's just perfectly framed. And then it's just like, whoom, just I love that. That's another iconic shot that just always makes me happy when I see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And how about those assholes with the fake fin, by the way? Well, they they were assholes and they They were were children, though. They were kids. They were like literal, not even teenagers, maybe. No, they looked yeah. yeah. They looked like about the goofball age, so I'd say between nine and eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which brings me to something that I want to fucking talk about in this movie. All right. What the fuck is happening with every goddamn parent? in this movie just leaving their child alone around a huge body of water 1975 i don't care i don't this is this is why children this is why people had to have 45 children because they just let them swim in the fucking ocean by themselves jesus 1975 was still free-range children. You you put them out the front door and you expect them home by dinner and that and that's the end of it. You know what? I have a pretty free-range kid, but I would I don't leave her alone at the fucking ocean. I don't even leave her alone at the fucking swimming pool. Well, I don't leave her alone anywhere right now because we're because we have a pandemic, but that's not the point. <laughs> the point is, is that you fucking watch your kid when there's water, when something can literally fucking kill them right there because they're children and they're just idiots. Watch your fucking kids around the goddamn ocean. That's it. That's all. 95% of this movie could be solved if people had just looked at where their fucking kid was. And incidentally, the actress that played Mrs. Kittner is not a professional actor. And... Um, She's, I don't think she's been in anything since then. And she said that people used to come up to her and ask her to slap them. <laughs> and for a while she would do it. And she's like, nah, I'm not doing this anymore. So she's quit doing it. But for a while you could go up to that actress and, and have her slap you. Just That's hilarious. Yeah. That's awesome. I like, um, well, I'm kind of piggybacking on Donna here. Uh, this is... One besides being 1975, and I'm not saying that the children, sh- the parents should not watch their children, so I'm prefacing this here, but <laughs> this is such a bubble community. Like, I don't think anything bad has ever happened 
And I think that's one of the reasons why Brody was like, yeah, I'm going to totally take this job. I, I think the most that they had is like, I got these kids outside my house that, you know, it's messing with my garbage truck when he comes by to pick up the trash. I don't, I think they were in such a safety bubble because of the size that that is why they, well, one, they ignored, like, there's actually, why would a shark come up to our East Hamptons? Why, why, why would it, why would it, why it knows it's not supposed to be at Amity, Amity, it means friendship, you know? I just, it just seems like people with swimming pools put fucking fences around their goddamn pools. Watch your goddamn kid in the ocean. Doesn't seem hard. I've been to the ocean with my kid. You just watch them. It's easy. Have you ever seen the uh, the the images of Heidi Klum saving her entire family from the ocean? No. It's amazing. She's there with her big brawny bodyguard, who at that time might have also been her boyfriend. I don't remember. Um, and her nanny. And basically, her kids got caught in an undertow, and she saved everyone. There's this one shot of her big brawny boyfriend bodyguard down on his hands and knees, just gasping for breath, and she's just running. So Heidi Klum watches her kids. Heidi Klum is a fucking badass. Yes, she is. She's amazing. All right. I did not like, know. I'm legitimately picturing her running in heels across that fucking beach because I feel like she could. She absolutely could. She wasn't, but she could. So go look it up. It's amazing. But she saved her entire family and her boyfriend and her nanny from the ocean and was still running around. That's pretty badass. That's badass. I like that. So another effective thing I I think with this film to bring us back to Jaws here, I like when Hooper is describing the remains. When one when Hooper shows up, it's uh, it's fantastic anyway. But when he's describing the remains of the girl and just as he's visual, he's getting more visually upset and angry. Like man, that is that's acting right there because you're not you're not relying on the special effect of the remains. Like you're like no, I trust my actor to deliver this. This is going to be what what i need and that this was no boating accident it's just just the the contempt oh yeah and and the you you are a liar you are you are a bad person who is lying yeah you're a liar yeah just the 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 anger and the the horror just being horrified like yeah i'm love it love Mm -hmm. it and then the next scene, which I think that scene, and then the next scene when he goes to Brody's house and eats his dinner, <laughs> I think that's everything you need to know about Hooper right there. Like, I love when he reveals that he's actually rich because because as soon as he was like, no, man, I'm rich, I just kind of mentally went back and I was like, oh, yeah, his calm confidence um, and he's just like, it's it's like, I'm better than everyone here, but not in a mean way, just in a, no, I am, man, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm better, um, is, is just perfectly defined by, oh, he's a white guy who grew up rich. Well, and it also makes sense with the way he interacted with that dude's dinner. Like, is anybody going to eat this? Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. There's more dinner. Yeah. 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 No, no need to worry that you're eating someone's dinner because of course there's more food in the house. Why wouldn't there be more food in the house? There's always more food in the house. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, like not only more food, but the level of money that he displays, maybe even more food that you don't have to cook. Like there might be somebody just there to do it for you. Mm-hmm. And he brought two bottles of wine. This is 1975, so that's, you know, wine is not... He brought two bottles of wine and then was like, you should let that aerate. Yeah. 
<laughs> like calm down my my dude it's gonna be fine <laughs> and then there's brody just <laughs> yeah. I, I really like brody i like brody so much yeah brody's pretty it's pretty fantastic so something i also noticed on this uh watch which i mean it kind of makes sense but the poltergeist score is very similar to sections of the jaws score in this uh-huh. and it's to me it's very interesting since spielberg had such a big hand in poltergeist that they have very similar scores but jerry goldsmith did the poltergeist score i uh one thing i noticed when i when i was watching it i had just put my headphones on and they were just in that first shot in the ocean and that first but um is so quiet it's almost subliminal and and i still was like oh man i just felt my blood pressure go up just from that almost subliminal two notes but um i was like oh so it's it's an amazingly effective score with the headphones you can really like and i'm, I'm i know a lot of movies do this but I, it's 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 really good in this one where you can hear the things move from one side to the other uh-huh. oh it's just man i love a good shifting speakers moment in headphones mm-hmm. yes same um richard dreyfus is just a gift to the world and i adore him and really like him and just realized i don't want to go look up anything about him in case he's terrible i have not heard anything that he's terrible because he was best friends with carrie fisher and carrie fisher wasn't friends with terrible people okay good that is that is all the endorsement i need is carrie fisher liked him so yeah yeah no like basically because of their friendship that's uh the reason he cameos in her movie postcards from the edge about her book like it plays the good the good guy that uh meryl street meets kind of at the beginning at the end so yeah no they were they were friends so okay there's, there's nothing awful <laughs> that Richard I know. dreyfus feels to me the way that a lot of movies seem to make steven weber want to feel to me yes like yes steven weber in a movie it always feels like the movie's really trying to sell to me that he is the nice guy like see, he steven is weber and wonderful steven weber has an you know you know who steven weber should play larry underwood from the stand yes except yeah. i think yeah. he's a little bit too old now he is he is but at, I probably at the appropriate like 30 age, years. <laughs> there, there's yeah. a line there's that, that man this line sticks with me where somebody describes larry as there's something in you that's like biting on tinfoil mm-hmm. and stephen weber had like like he could be a nice guy but there's always that edge to him where you're like yeah don't don't trust him yeah they did it in uh dawn of the dead where they really wanted to sell him as a nice guy and it seemed fine but i was always like i don't know man i don't think sarah polly should go alone with him and i never really felt the chemistry between those two characters Mm -hmm. and then i just watched this movie the beach house and it was a lot the same like they were very much pushing this steven weber as a really nice guy to the point that this girl was like hanging out with him alone on a porch and i was just like i don't know man i am not feeling this girl being alone Mm -hmm. with him but 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 but, richard dreyfus feels the way that movies seem to want me to feel about steven weber i can believe that richard dreyfus is a really nice guy yeah like i'm not worried about people being alone with him mm-hmm. yeah and steven weber may be fantastic steven weber may be a fantastic guy just the way he comes across on screen you're kind of like eh. it almost eh. feels like the the scripts that he's given are like too earnest and i'm like you 
your character hasn't earned this yet. They don't give him any flaws. That's the problem. Scripts don't give him any flaws. Everything he says is perfect. And so then whenever I'm expected to trust him, I'm like, he's going to fucking serial kill you. Oh, Adrian, uh, that's Jake Weber from Dawn of the Dead. and Jake Weber, damn it, you're right. Uh, Beach House. That is Jake Weber. Steven Weber also, though. Yeah, no, I... <laughs> both Webbers, I agree with. I agree with both of them. It is Jake Weber. God damn it. I'm, I am bad at white men today. <laughs> bad at white men. I thought, I, like, I legitimately spent most of that movie thinking, it was most of Jaws thinking, I don't remember Lance Henriksen's nose looking like that. Or James Woods' nose looking like that. But then it turned out that the person I thought was James Wood was Lance Hendrickson, Henriksen. And also, neither of them are in this movie. Let's talk about Robert Shaw. Let's talk about him. Uh, before we we talk, before we deep dive into him, I have one, one little thing that bookends everything is. There's so many little scenes or lines of dialogue that tells you everything you need to know about our three main characters. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's, and it's not like a, we got to stop everything going on and tell you this person is this, this person is that. Like, it's just, man, I love it. That's just, it's, like, a, it's a really well done script. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very, it's a very tight script and it works. But now Robert except, Shaw. Except for Chekhov's tank of compressed air. I think they were a little bit, let's stop everything so we can make sure that you know about this tank of compressed air and what it can do. But they foreshadowed the tank very early on in the movie. Like when, when Brody's looking through some shark books at the very, oh. they have a shot of the tank of a shark with the tank in the mouth. So yes. I mean, it's, it is kind of that, but it's also the, if you're looking for it, you can you can see the foreshadowing. So they they never let you forget about the tank of compressed air. No, but I like that it's a point of contention between Hooper and Quint. Like I think I think that works kind of the old school new new school way. I think that it works that way. That was another fun little piece of trivia I read is that apparently Richard Dreyfuss and Robert Shaw couldn't stand each other. That is because I heard Robert Shaw was a belligerent and violent drunk. Like when he wasn't drinking, like Dreyfus was like, he was amazing to work with, a very giving actor, just, you know, but then if he had been drinking, it was a whole other situation. Hmm. So You mean the guy that played Quint was insufferable? (laughs) (laughs) Hugh Adrian's shocked. (laughs) so yeah robert shaw that that little monologue he did about the uss indianapolis i had to stop and watch it twice because i was like wow really good that one was really good the one he did earlier when he first tried to get hired was fucking awful maybe maybe that's when he was drinking was during the first one and, and he wasn't drinking I like it wasn't even him though like it was just a bad monologue I was Mm -hmm. like what the fuck is this dude even saying Mm -hmm. nothing did they just let him improvise this whole thing because it's really bad and they should not let him do that (laughs) it felt like every like eldritch horror sea captain I've ever seen in any movie or book or video game like delivering to me the whole speech about how everybody's gonna die and exactly how it's gonna happen and I was like 
wow, this is really long. This <laughs> has gone on for multiple minutes. So long. And then, like, the shot of everybody watching them, I was like, they're not horrified at what he's saying. They're horrified because he's clearly fucking insane. This man needs assistance. And nobody <laughs> here will stand up and give it to him. I just like that it was that they looked at him like, well, it's Wednesday, so Quint's going to be talking about his usual bullshit. Like, that's, that's how I read it, except Brody's like, what? Okay, yeah, I can, yeah, we can do that in the budget, you know? <laughs> we can do the 10 Gs, you know? He, you can see him doing the math in his head where everyone else is like, fuck, Quint, come on, tell us something new. TBH, I'm with the mayor on that one. I wouldn't fucking hire Quint. I wouldn't hire Quint to mow my fucking lawn when he's talking like that. Like, I'm just picturing him going on a monologue about fucking gophers. Jesus. <laughs> for $25, I'll mow your lawn. For $50, i will take care of your gophers. For $100, I'll stuff them for you, chief. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, right? It's so like, oh, I don't know. Like Quint, Quint is honestly like my least favorite part of this movie, and I wish that he had died earlier on so I didn't have to put up with him. I think I like the danger of Quint, like because you get that introduction, which shows that he's not quite there. Like he mm -hmm. still has a little bit there, but just watching him slowly descend and realize with jaws he's over his head like yeah like i like that and i think that works for the character that you need you need that slow descent because he you know he you know he's there you know he's crazy like you know that he's been on that boat way too long he makes his own moonshine nobody should make their own moonshine and drink that shit okay i don't care who you are and yeah, he just goes crazy. So I wanted to say something about the USS Indianapolis because yes. I went and looked it up after. And um, the, 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 the account that Quint gives is dead accurate. I mean, that, that's what happened. But the, the interesting piece of information was that the plane that found them, the PBY, um, one, they were under orders not to land because apparently there were 12-foot swells. But the pilot was like, no, nah, man, I'm going to land. And and landed and then got as many people out of the water as he could. And then they actually took um, more people and they used paracord to lash them to the wings of the plane, which meant now the plane couldn't fly, but they, man, they got all the people out of the water they possibly could. I like a couple of years ago during Discovery Shark Week, they actually had Richard Dreyfus narrate that documentary about oh, yeah? it. Yeah, like it was it was pretty cool. So I thought, you know, just another little tie in here. So at what point do we think Quint realized he was over his head and was just kind of done and going to take everyone, let the shark have them, basically? I don't know that he was ever like, I'm going to let the shark take us all, but he was certainly like the bad guy for a hot five minutes there <laughs> yeah he smashed the radio which tbh um it would not have made a difference if they had the radio because the boat went down so fast um i think by the by the time brody had the opportunity to use the radio the the, the radio was already underwater so i'm i'm not sure that it actually made a huge difference that um quint smashed the radio but still well, that's but a he natural was trying to move 
But Brody was trying to do something on the radio when Quint smashed it. He was trying to call the Coast Guard. So, all right, a I retract. He was trying to call the Coast Guard. Yeah, he wanted the Coast Guard. And Quint was, even before that, though, he was he was kind of hell-bent on keeping them isolated. Like when the when the sheriff's office called. And he was like, mm-hmm. no, no, we're, we're fine. We're, it's, you know, situation normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It was like he took them out there and they were going to go back not at all or with the shark. Mm-hmm. And that was fucked up, dude. <laughs> That's not how you treat people. I think he saw that, like, he's the big man, and he's going to take them out there, and he's going to show them how it's done. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know when the point that he changed his, that when he was like, oh, no, I'm out of my league. I don't know when that point was, but when he was like, no, we're going to lead him into the shadows, it was before that, because we're going to lead him into the shallows was his admission that he couldn't handle the situation. I think once he saw the shark, I, to me, I think that's when he realized where he was over his head because Hooper's like, oh, that's a 20 footer. And he's like, no, that's 25 feet. To me, I think that's when things started to change and uh-huh. kind of like the wheels started spinning. Like I'm probably out of my, my dip. Mm-hmm. Cause I think it was, yeah, it wasn't too long after that. I think with the radio stuff and so that's that's me that's when I think he was slowly descending Mm. and I think he fully expected Hooper to die in the cage he is afraid and Hooper Hooper wanted to pet it like a giant puppy like he just was he loved it and I think he I think he fully expected Hooper to die in that cage because he hated that fucking cage. And so mm-hmm. the fact that it's like, yeah, go down there, man. That's that's cool. That's yeah, totally cool. And he could if they did if Hooper did die and something happened to Chief and he somehow made it back, he could be like, Look, this thing was, you know, we lost mm-hmm. two minutes. He could come out the hero. You think that Quint was kind of a shitbag from the get-go and was always in this for the heroic glory. I, oh, yeah. I think it was a dick-measuring contest for Quint. Like, oh, you know, sure. It's a fishing town. Like, he, he's been doing this. You could see from his little workshop, you know, he's been sharking forever. And so I think he was coming back bragging rights. And when he realized he was over his head, that's when things started to turn. Because he was always, I mean, Hooper, he always talked to with kind of just a disdain and a disgust, but a, a, he was at least very respectful to Chief. Now, granted, Chief's signing the checks, but he's still, you know, like, no, Chief, I need you to do this. Hey. I did notice that he changed tone really fast once they got on the boat. Like, he was kind of shitty to everybody prior to being on the boat, but then it was like once they were there and Hooper wasn't actually an idiot. Um, Quint got really weirdly into like, I'll teach you how to do knots. And if you have any problems, you ask me, I'll help you out. Not like that educated idiot back there, right? He'll just make you feel stupid. Yeah, I mean, and that's, yeah, that's kind of how he, he kind of treated when he, it was his boat and when he was on it. And he, he's, yeah, it was like as soon as he saw the opening, because he didn't even start it immediately. It wasn't until after the thing with the um, the line that uh, Brody pulled poorly. Yeah, yeah, because he, and, you know, I mean, granted, you can also make the argument, he also kept them separated, like where they couldn't gang up on him. Like, no, yeah. no, 
Hooper, you're going to drive because you've done this shit before. Chief, now here, sweetie, let me, you know, you do yeah. this. Here, you do this, you do that. I know you've never been on a boat before. Oh, oh I fucking hate Quint. <laughs> <laughs> let me clean your glasses. I hate him more than when we talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> the way he died, man. The way he died. And it, it's, it kind of made the Indianapolis story even more poignant when after, you know, this guy survived that. Then he goes down uh, munched by a shark. There are two things I really liked about that. One, he did not put on the fucking life vest. He looked at it. He did not put it on. He said, I'd never put, I'll never put on another life jacket. And he fucking didn't. Um, also, BT dubs, put on your life jackets on a boat, dudes. Um, anyway. And then two, he died the same way as his friend in the story. Yeah. Yeah bit in half by a shark now hooper i have a this isn't this isn't our official poll question but i have a poll question for you regarding hooper all right which is how much urine do you think was in hooper's wetsuit all of it all of it (laughs) (laughs) um holy shit yeah all of it how about the acting that was called for with just a mask on? So yeah. The amount of acting that he managed to do with nothing but his eyes in a scuba mask. Whew. But he did that twice because he did that at the first of the movie when he saw the tooth. Like that was twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that that was scuba scuba mask acting that was fantastic. For sure. Yeah. Shout out to to Dreyfus, man. Yeah, he's so good. He's so good. And the. F- Oh my God! The the terror in his little oh sh- shit oh shit oh shit swimming down to the bottom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can just now, almost hear the oh shit. My my sort of one complaint about this movie is that I really really wish they had let Hooper kill the shark. I understand this whole character arc of not Lance Henriksen. <laughs> Brody. And, Anti-James Woods, yeah. Anti-James Woods. Um, I understand the whole character arc of him being afraid of the water and then coming full circle to, like, kill the kill the shark and defeat his spear. But, one, I don't like that subplot. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it added anything to the movie particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, even the scene where, uh, where Dreyfus is trying to get him to go out to the pulpit that can still happen, which is hilarious. I love that scene. <laughs> I just need something for, pers- for perspective. What? So you can still have that scene. And like, Brody doesn't have to be afraid of the water. That scene can just exist. <laughs> it wasn't even like he struggled to get on the boat. He was like, I don't want to get on the boat. And here I am on the boat. There wasn't even like yeah. that where he seemed like he was having to overcome something to get on the boat. He just... Yeah, yeah. like... I will even say, like, my level of fear of the ocean and water, I can still, like, go do this. I would be like, I don't want to get on that boat. Um, And then somebody would be like, you're getting on that boat. And I'd be like, okay, I'm getting on this boat. Um, And I don't think I would base a subplot on my fear of the water. Um, Like, I have literally jumped out of my chair during video game ocean level scenes. Uh, I, I just had to do this whole ocean level 
dungeon in Final Fantasy fourteen, and I spent the vast majority of it clicking really fast through a whole bunch of dialogue and skipping every cutscene, and then just like, I'm just going to spam my shit and hope that it's good. Tab attack, tab attack, tab attack, tab attack. Like, I just need to get through this. But I still wouldn't base a subplot on my fear of the water because it's not good. In, like, it's not... It doesn't deserve that. You know, and, you know uh, what I do? I'm not, I don't have a fear of the ocean in the same way you do. What I have <laughs> is a problem with breath, the ability to breathe. And I remember um, watching Lock and Key a few weeks ago, and there's a scene where they have to go through a tunnel to escape a cave, which is a super dangerous thing. And, and I noticed that as I was watching them dive through this, swim through this tunnel to escape the cave, I'm going... <sighs> <sighs> I was just breathing so hard because it worried me so badly that they were going to get stuck in that tunnel. Right. But I guess the thing is, is that like his fear is perfectly justified in this instance. And so there's nothing to overcome. Like, yes, be afraid of the fucking shark that's killing. Like, you're not doing anything wrong. This is no longer an irrational fear. Yeah. There's nothing to actually overcome here because, and he also even had like a reason for the fear that he didn't even talk about in the scar comparing conversation. So I forgot why I started complaining about this. I didn't like the him being afraid. Oh, right. So I really wish that they had let uh, Hooper kill the shark because I get it. There was a whole character arc happening with Brody, but I didn't like it and it felt superfluous. So just let the scientist kill the fucking shark because that's what this movie should be about. But Adrian, it's chief story arc. <laughs> no, it's fucking not. <laughs> Hooper's had almost as much screen time. It it was Hooper's Chekhov's compressed air can. It was true, but it was also Hooper going down into like doing a really brave thing for no fucking reason because he uh -huh. immediately dropped the fucking stick thing, whatever. Ugh, I hated that. I really, and, and maybe, maybe they filmed more in the shark cage, but I feel like the whole shark cage scene was just, boy, is Hooper wrong because that shark cage did not last a second. Yeah, and that's the problem is is like at the at like they I felt like they did a pretty good job of letting the scientist be right until the end when he was just wrong and incompetent all the time. Mm -hmm. And I didn't I didn't enjoy that. Like maybe maybe have the shark swim by, maybe have the shark do a couple of experimental pokes so we can go okay yeah the shark cage is a good idea yeah and then and then because the shark is irrationally smart i don't know sharks are sharks are not geniuses and then have it come around and bam into the cage and i you yes hooper should have been more right also i i the 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 like kind of nerd in me was very annoyed at all of the wrong shark facts mm-hmm they're just just generally wrong about sharks, just in general. All like this is not a factual movie. You know that Peter Benchley, who wrote the novel, uh, has said he regrets writing it because there has been a massive increase in shark hunting. I mean, yeah, like it, this 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 is a really good example of a fun movie that actually does a lot of damage. 
Yeah, it provoked it provoked such fear of the water that apparently uh, beach towns actually saw a decrease in tourism for a few years uh, after this movie came out. Wow, I did not know that. All right. Okay, so let's deep dive into our rule poll and quote. Donna, you have our quote. I have our quote, which is... I'm pleased and happy to report the news that we have, in fact, caught and killed a large predator that supposedly killed some bathers. But as you see, it's a beautiful day. The beaches are open and people are having a wonderful time. Amity, as you know, means friendship. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very topical. So I like it. I like it a lot. All right, Adrian, you have our rule. Listen to the fucking scientists. I mean, we know it's been our rule before, but man, listen to the listen scientists. Listen to the fucking scientists. Just listen. If they tell you something's true, they at least have some fucking evidence that it's probably fucking true. And then when they know better, here's the kicker. They'll update you with new information. It might <gasps> contradict the old information, but I promise you it's better information. What is this update with information that you speak of? No, no, that's uh, well, some people might refer to it as flip-flopping, and those people would be fucking idiots. <laughs> I'm talking to you, that idiot on Facebook I argued about flip-flopping with. Yeah, for the record, if you feel called out right now, yeah, I'm talking to you. I've got our poll. Oh, right. <laughs> our poll is, if they remade Jaws today, who would you cast? So, um, one, I've got to give, give a big shout out and credit to Billy for helping me with a little bit of my cast because he came up with some fantastic ideas. And two, yeah, my movie will break the bank because it will be spent all on actors. So here we go. Uh, for Quint, I think it should be Samuel L. Jackson because I think- Oh my God. Right? That's, that's pretty amazing. Um, Brody, Adam Driver just because he's kind of he can do the fish out of water being you know he is from new york kind of lean into that hooper michael b jordan as the scientist and the one plus i just want to see him just argue with samuel jackson because i think it'd be awesome and michael b jordan is awesome he is Uh, very awesome now for my mrs brody just because i want to get the star wars nerds all riled up i said daisy ridley so yeah oh one more I have the mayor, and this is my stunt casting. Are you ready for it? Kurt Russell. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right, so that is mine. Now you see why I said all, all of, they, they better be using Marvel money to make my movie. Okay, I'm going to make all the angry white boys mad with mine. For Brody, Charlize Theron. <gasps> oh! oh, fuck. For Hooper, Mindy Kaling. <gasps> for Quint, Kathy Bates. Oh, shit. And just to um, pay homage to Kinsey's amazing mayor casting, the mayor will be Goldie Hawn. I like this mirror universe that our movies are made together. (laughs) That's that's pretty. But then who is Mr. Brody? Who's your L? I think I will have to come back to that. Okay. Okay. All right, Adrian. What do you have? Okay. Are you ready? I only have the three. That's okay. That's okay. Um, and I have been trying to write one of these actor names for a while, and I just, I can't get past the last, the last half of the surname. So, um, okay. So Brody is Donald Glover. 
Okay, I like it. Quince. Now, bear with me now, because I realize that this guy's really pretty. Uh, Ian Sommer from the Vampire Diaries. Solomon Sals, yeah. Yeah. It's like S-O-M-M, the rest of the alphabet. Yeah, he was in Lost, too. Yeah, uh, he was. He was was, uh, Boone. I was like, his name means luck. What the fuck? (laughs) Um, But I feel like even though he's very pretty, he can really pull off that like 10-yard stare. Okay. Okay. 100-yard stare. That's the phrase. Man, words are bad today. Um, But he can really pull that off. And, And again, even though he's really pretty, he's got a little bit of a grizzled look and that like super jawline. I don't know. I think he could do it. And then are you ready for Hooper? I'm leaning in. Ruth Neg. Tulip from Preacher. Okay. Because she's got that scary intensity and she's also got that super silly side. And I just want to see her in other things. Okay. All right. I have my... Uh, Your L? <laughs> yeah. Idris Elba. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I think he would be a super supportive husband. And I also kind of want to hear low-key hear him yelling at his kids to get out of the water, out of the boat. So, yeah. I endorse all of these films. <laughs> I will say, real quick, uh, just shout out. I thought really hard about Chris Starlord for Hooper. Pratt? Pratt. Pratt, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, he was on a, he was on one of mine as well for Hooper. So, yeah. My initial was Chris Pratt as Hooper and um, Robert Downey Jr. as Brody. That's not bad. But then I was like, would Robert Downey Jr. do this movie? And also, do I like Chris Pratt? Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We do appreciate your support. You can find us on social media. We are at Twitter at Beyond Cabin and our Instagram and Facebook are Beyond the Cabin in the Woods. Our webpage is beyondthecabininthewoods.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Callista77. I will say our Instagram is not currently um, being updated for reasons, but uh, you're not going to find anything new on our Insta for a while. Uh, Me, you can find me on Twitter at SoonerDVM. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at Donna underscore Leahy. On Instagram, you're going to see a lot of pictures of my monster who looks like a black and white dog. So, uh, and that's me. Uh, you can find me mostly on Twitter at Junkyard Poet. I kind of sort of accidentally left Facebook recently and then have been kind of avoiding Instagram as well since it's owned by Facebook. Uh, we are also part of the Gumby Cat Network, and as always, thank you, Billy, for being our super editor and awesome. Thank you, Billy. Thank you, Billy. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Don't read the Latin. Wear your fucking mask. You know what horror is. Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow. Meow.